You are now listening to the Men of Iron podcast. Men of Iron equips men and grows godly leaders through one-to-one mentorships. Go to menofiron.org for more information. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Yeshua's Jewelry. To find your jewelry needs for every special occasion, go to yeshuasjewelry.com. Welcome to the Men of Iron Podcast, Episode 5. My name is Steve Glick. I'm here with Garrett Barbush in the house. What's up, Steve Glick? How you doing, buddy? What do you think, man? First podcast in the Men of Iron office. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a different feel, but I like it. I think it uh, it's a good thing. It's very cool. It's uh, As you can see behind us, we got the Men of Iron logo. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, we thank Walk in Love, who was gracious enough to allow us to use their studio for the last four episodes. So... Yeah, thank you to TJ and Brooke and their generosity. So let's do it. Episode five. I would love to introduce our special guest today, Sam Comini. Sam, what's going on, man? I'm just chilling, man. Glad to be here with you guys. All right. It's exciting, man. It's exciting. We're glad to have you. So we are going to dive right into this, get to know Sam. Uh, We always love this portion of the podcast. We call it Take Five. Absolutely. This is one of my favorite parts. I'm going to watch Sam sweat a little bit. (laughs) Well, we said already, we said already he's in the hot chair. He's in the red chair over there. So red chair. (laughs) All right, Sam. So take five. Question number one. You ready for this? Ready? Does my speed matter? How I answer this? (laughs) Actually, last time Garrett Garrett gave gave our special guest like a what a five second clock or something. Yeah, I gave you like five seconds to answer. (laughs) So, but there is no clock. So take your time. All right, take five, question one, Sam. What is the last song you listened to? Oh, man. I just listened to a song of a guy named Banky Washington. Uh, it was a love song. My girlfriend sent it to me. <laughs> 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 it was a very listen to in the car. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow, so Sam, is something you want to admit in public, let alone on a national podcast. I but. know it's... I, I kind of had to be transparent with this one. <laughs> well, we are, we are all about honesty and transparency here at Men of Iron. So that's yeah, just absolutely. There you go. Sam's just bringing it Sam right bring off the it, bat. Bring the heat from the start. Man. Listen to the song. <laughs> Listen to the song and learn a little bit, right? Yeah. He's going to get some brownie points with that, too. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I like it. So take five. Question number two, Sam, is who inspires you? Who inspires me? Um, Jesus Christ. There we go. Um, there's been seasons in my life where I was inspired by different men, like T.D. Jakes, a guy named Cypher Powell. Um, but in this season of my life, I'm just amazed of Christ and the things he's accomplished and how we still talk about him today. Yep. Amen. Still relevant today. I love it, man. It's awesome. All right, it's a good one. Question number three, take five. Who would play you in a movie of your life? Oh man! <laughs> I'd rather play myself. <laughs> I like it. I like I'd it. I'd be so cocky and say that no one else can play me, but I feel like, oh man, I don't know. Maybe myself. <laughs> That's a good answer. My like, brother. There you go. There we go. There we go. I was Which gonna say brother? Denzel. Denzel. Yeah. What's your brother's name? Um, Angelo. All right. Shout out Angelo. He's gonna play Sam in the. And I'm only saying him because he knows everything about me. People think he's with the twins. So he'd play the character to perfection. Yeah. I love it. Kill it. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Question number four. Favorite ice cream flavor? Favorite ice cream flavor? Um, <laughs> chocolate, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's this whole weird thing about your, your favorite ice cream flavor. 
is does something about your character. Oh mm, yeah, I never heard that. What's it say about chocolate? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, well, now I have to now I have to ask G. Now I have to ask Garrett. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? See, we can. <laughs> I, I'm a I'm a cookie dough guy. Ah, uh, all right, all right. Yeah, cookie dough for sure. Yeah, I don't mess around when it comes to I like to black ice cream. black raspberry. That's my favorite. That's an that's sort of an Amish thing right there. <laughs> That's definitely an Amish flavor. Black like raspberry? Yeah, I would oh, never man. Black, Can I get some black raspberry? <laughs> See, it's in character already. Right? <laughs> there it is. All right, so last question for take five. What accomplishment are you most proud of in your life? Oh, um, I am most proud of leading one of my friends to Christ. Hmm. Um, I think that's one of the biggest accomplishments as Christians we can accomplish here. There may be different things we can accomplish that may be glorifying in man eye, but I think that's one of my accomplishments to be my That's awesome. Amen. That's something to be proud of there, man. That's good stuff. Man, well, he survived the hot seat. What do you think? He did a pretty <laughs> good. good job, yeah. I can't. <laughs> Richard's still getting hired. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for uh, doing that for us, Sam. So now we'd love to just dig a little deeper into into Sam's testimony. We'd love to hear your story, man. Just kind of where God brought you and what he's doing in your life now. So, yeah, Sam, where, tell us, I mean, start us out. Where are you from originally? Okay, well, originally I'm from West Africa, Liberia. Okay. Born and partially raised. I always tell people. L-I-B represent. L-I-B, L-I-B. represent. He gets and, it. And for those of you that are watching and listening, you know, Stevie has a big heart here for uh, the country. I uh, Liberia, you've been there how many times? Been there four times. Four times. Yeah. Chapter National is an yep. organization that's yeah. here locally and yep. doing a lot of work, good things over there. So that's that's where you're from originally. And that's how I met Steve. Mm-hmm. I'm walking to class the one day and he had a Liberian hat on or shirt. Shirt. I had a yeah, love Liberian shirt on, yeah. That's a white guy with a Liberian shirt. It was a cool connection because we probably had already had like, I don't know, a handful of classes together and we never yeah. connected. And then like I wore this Love Liberia shirt to class one day. He's like, Liberia? I'm like, that's yeah. I'm so that's where I'm from. I'm like, man, that's crazy. So grew up, or okay, so you're born there and you said partially raised. At what point did you, did you move over? Um, so I left Liberia due to a civil war in 1996 and I migrated to Ivory Coast. Okay. Um, for a temporary time, they say uncles and aunts, but in Africa, everyone that can survive provide for you is like your aunt or uncle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I was with my uncle in Africa, in Africa, and after Africa, we ran from there and went to Ghana, and then the journey began to um, come over here and, meet, and join our parents. Um, I'm just gonna dive right into it and continue. Yeah. My parents and I were separated for about. Um, 11 to 12 years. Wow. Wow. Um, my parents came to the States uh, 90, I think 93, 94, I think. I don't count on the dates. I'm <laughs> just guessing. Um, so yeah, we separated for that long period of time in the process of you know, just surviving and surviving different civil wars, three of them to be you know, wow. direct. Hmm. Um, so you know, there was a stage in my life where I was like, I feel like my parents didn't care, they didn't love me because they chose to leave us mm-hmm. um, in Africa. But the more I grew in my faith, I was able to appreciate their sacrifice of wanting to come out here um, to make it 
better for me to be here today talking to you guys. Mm. Um, it's awesome. It's something you really have to be spiritually in tune and listen more to Christ. And just His grace to be able to forgive that. Mm -hmm. We didn't talk the first two years when I first came. Wow. Wow, that's exciting. That's an awesome story, man. So, at what point did you? So, you're separated from your parents for 12 years total. Mm -hmm. You 10, 12 years somewhere in that ballpark. You move yeah. over here. Don't you finally do get over here? And how old were you when you finally got over here? I came here. I was like 13. 13 okay. years old. Yeah. Wow. Talk about a, a like probably a very unique time to make that move from one culture to another as you're 13 years old. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. Like teenage years. Well, like, Trying to understand who you are and everything else. I always tell people, like, African age is different. <laughs> it's like... Absolutely. When you're, like, maybe when you're five, you're probably going to 14, 15. Or <laughs> if you're 13, you're a grown man. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like a rabbit. Right. Just because life presents you so many, um, I, don't know, I guess I can say, stages where you have to make adult decisions. Yeah. Sometimes life or death. Right. Um, sometimes for people around you so it's a lot of situations that you find yourself in a young age where you have to be an adult or a leader for those around you do you mind if i kind of i'd like to expand on this a little bit because i think it's a it's a great conversation for this podcast but i mean you you said it hey it, the the age of those cultures is is very different 13 years old you're making decisions I mean, did you at 13, did you make, did you see yourself as a man? I mean, is that how you felt like you were a man deep down inside, that like you were making decisions on your own? And At some stage, I, it's almost like you really don't have a choice. Right. It's like you, I have to be a man. I had to. Right. Um, it's, 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 I don't know, it's kind of like indescribable. Right. Where, you know, sometimes people will, um, let's say, for example, you're in a situation, uh, I, I'm, it's hard to just explain it pretty much. Um, so let's say you're in a car and you got like five to six seconds to make a decision. Go right or go left. It's like in that moment, you have to make a decision. So with being in the third world country and facing situations where it's like um, everyone's just talking and overseeing it's a civil war. Mm. You gotta get up, and the next person around you, go with them and leave. Someone, if your parents go a different route, go a different route, then that next person becomes your guidance, or you become your guidance yourself. Right? For others, it's worse. So it's good. Yeah. How was that? How was that transition? You come over here. Here you are, a thirteen. I mean, a thirteen-year-old who's making life and death decisions, and all of a sudden you're ingrained in this culture where these thirteen-year-olds are given. Everything, not really. I mean, their biggest decision is: are they going to eat a fudge round at lunch or not? You know, like. <laughs> um, I mean, because this is this is a very interesting concept to me as a man now. Is that I believe this, and I don't. I don't believe I know. And there's there's research that proves this: is that our culture in America has completely lost this idea of uh, of the ceremony, if you will, or that. Uh, step from boyhood to manhood. There's no real ceremony for that mm. to happen in our sure. culture. Right. You know, so many boys are, you know, 17, 18, going off to college, and a father has never taken the time to say, "This is what a man is. This is what a mm -hmm. man does. I'm going to train you in these ways." And oh, by the way, son, this is a ceremony. Ceremonious moment for us is I'm releasing you 
because in so many cultures around the world, whether it's, you know, whether it's stuff that we agree with or not, many cultures know when they are a man. Yeah. There's that step into manhood where they've done something, yep. whether it's kill an animal or walk across fire. Kind of yeah, thing. there's that symbolic transition. So how was that for you coming over here in the mix of teenagers here in America that didn't have that? I mean, was that a... Well, with me, like when I first came, I, I always, my experience kind of confirmed that I was different. Mm. Um, and so when I first came, I was in like the sixth grade, I believe. And everyone had a different mindset. I was, my mindset was to do better back then, not being 100% grown in my spiritual life with Christ and knowing exactly what he wanted me to do. I want to be a soccer player and make money and go back home. Right. <laughs> so that was like my mindset. So it's like, okay, in order to do this, I got to make sure I'm not getting in trouble, I'm getting good grades. So my focus is different. And then I was in Boston, so there was like kids that was into gangs. And every day they want to fight me after high school, after school. And I'm like, guys, you just, just stop. <laughs> you, you don't understand nothing about violence. Right. Um, so those are some of the some of the cool stories that I, I encounter, but I I've always had a different mindset of just wanting to be better because where I was from didn't give me that opportunity, and I always tell others like uh, where what's the, what's the word? I forget what to say. I always tell people our life is a testimony that we must learn to teach others. Mm. So um, leaving that leaving Liberia and coming over here and seeing so much opportunities and things that I can, I guess, adapt to to make me a better person to head back was always my focus. Mm -hmm. And I really started to um, grow in that the more I better my relationship with God because it became more transparent exactly what he wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. um, so. Very cool. Very cool. So, yeah, go ahead, Steve. You asked a question. Yeah. Um, yeah, you kind of gave us, obviously, a story and testimony of you know, where you were and where God brought you. We'd love to hear, like, what God's doing in your life today. Well, right now, I have been to Liberia, like, two months. Now I'm going back to Liberia the second time around. Uh, my first trip was more so just to observe. Because, you know, when we, some Africans, when we come over here, we, we have this whole vision of how things should work back home. And that's based on our experience and based on the things we are now adapted to or the things that we're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So I was here and I'm like, yeah, maybe library needs this, or maybe they need good roads, or maybe they need um, good teaching, good food. And I'm like, well, I'm speaking from outside of you know how things is. So going back, I realized that everybody in Liberia is hard worker. They work really hard. When you say hustle, it's like literally they have to hustle mm -hmm. to eat. And so I was like, maybe my experience there taught me they just need it. Um, structure and like plans because people wake up in the morning and they'll work, walk miles, make no profit. Mm. And it's like, it's not that you're not working hard, it's just like you don't have a structure plan on how to make things work. So, right now, I'm working on uh, a broad home for missionaries that will want to go back to Liberia. Um, for the Africans that have been outside from their country and they've adapted here and they want to have that comfortable lifestyle but they still want to help. Right. So that's what a home is I'm working on right now. So that's awesome. Trying to bring people to come back. 
Love it. Yeah. We'll have to take this guy over yeah. to West Africa. It's awesome. Man. Yeah. <laughs> you can't teach experience. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm actually heading down to, this is another topic, but I'm actually heading to South Africa, mm. uh, the very, very northern part of the country. I think, in fact, it butts right up against the property I'm going to be on is like Botswana and then, hmm. and then uh, South Africa is right there. But uh, I'm being told it's, it's in a part where there's a lot of different cultures that are like all kind of into one area. <laughs> it's going to be a cool experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am looking I forward to uh, kind of going over there, but looking forward to it. But. So tell us a little bit. I mean, you're a business owner now. So tell us about the business that you own and you're an entrepreneur at heart. I'm excited to, to hear a little bit more about the, the business that you've got. Okay. Well, I do so much. <laughs> the main yeah, thing, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, I started a, a jewelry business named Yashua Jewelry. Um, it all started from a key cross. I'm, I used to work at Giant. I seen a lady with a nice scarred necklace on her neck. And I was like, man, that's a beautiful necklace. If only if it was a cross, then it would be more, be more to me than just a regular necklace. Mm. So I was like, well, I'm going to look online. Went online, look everywhere, no key cross. And I'm like, hey, no one has this. I'm going to try to create it. And I had no background, nothing. Not even mm. art. It's terrible. <laughs> so I went to the jeweler close to me, and I was like, hey, I'm looking to design this. And this is how I actually stuck with the business. He told me, he said, this business is really hard to get into it. Um, I almost felt like he was looking at me like, it's hard for a black person to stick into it at this age. Yeah. So having an athletic background, I was like, don't you tell me I ain't going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so I told him, I said, I want to be back. I'm going to make sure I'm going to get this thing done. So after that, got online, um, research and manufacturers, got two in China. They transport, our, our communication was terrible, but it took like six months. Within that six-month time period, I was going to register my, my, um, my business, get a business card, get a website. And then it's kind of how I started. I just, I just used to sell crosses at that time period. Um, the symbol of the cross itself, a key on it, means that one must believe in Christ again in heaven. Mm. So it's like when you see the key cross on my neck, you're like, oh, what does that mean? I want you to ask me that question because then it presents a platform for me to share the gospel to you. Amen. So now I do watches. I do engagement rings. I do everything in the industry except grails. Okay. Yeah, because I'm not that cool yet. <laughs> <laughs> so this is something that you're you're pursuing um you said you know you've you've never been busier with it that's great i want to back up just a little bit i mean because obviously we we know that that you're a believer and um you know that's near and dear to your heart how how was christ introduced to you and how, how did you respond to that initially um you know i became a follower because I always say like it's good to be a believer but it's like you, there's a stage in your life where you like you have to be a follower you take this real serious um I became a follower when I had I went to a seminar at Lancaster Theological Seminary um so camp and I was there and there was uh oh boy I don't know how I don't know maybe you guys can edit this out but <laughs> there was a homosexual teacher okay and from my background, it's like shun African stone, like non-negotiable topic. So on this journey of really wanting to know God more, I'm judging this guy. He's teaching me, and I'm like, not listening to him at all. And I'm just like, why am I here, God? 
like, what are you trying to teach me? So, you know, he, he speaks, and I go back to my, my dorm, and um, I'm just, like, confused, because I'm like, this, 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 this is not, this don't work in our, in our culture. This guy's not qualified to teach. And as I'm just laying down praying, like, just trying to figure it out, I felt like I heard the Lord just asking me, like, why are you limiting my love? And now, like, pondered, it's like, shot me heavy. And I was like, man, I am limiting your love because I'm judging this guy. He's sharing your word. Mm-hmm. And so once that hit me, and I was like, man, your love is bigger than that. I really want to share your love because if you can love, if you can love this, if I, because, oh, well, normally when you put people in different category, it's like you're limiting God love because you're saying that this person is loved by God, but this person is not loved by God. And this person is this, and this person is that. So I was like, your love is limitless in a way. Mm-hmm. And I really want to pursue you more and share it with other people. Not that I'm saying that homosexuality is right, but I'm saying the picture is bigger than that. Right. And so I became my pursuit of just falling in love with God, with God more and wanting to share his love. That's awesome. Good stuff. So, yes, Steve, you want to get into maybe some mentors and uh, talk about some men that have impacted him. That'd be awesome. Yeah. um, Kind of, you know, what we want the meat of this podcast to be is just kind of why why men need mentors. And we just love to hear from you, Sam, as you share your stories, guys that have impacted you along your journey. Um. Interesting, because back home, from my background, I really didn't have much um, mentors. I think most, most, most of the youth back there don't have it, so they just wander. Um, would you I, say that the idea of, of mentoring, sorry to interrupt, but would you say the idea of mentoring, this concept of mentorship in, in Liberia at the time, growing up, is it kind of a foreign concept? I mean, is it... Um, from my personal experience, I can't speak for the entire country. Right. Um, because my parents wasn't on ground and I wasn't raised with my parents, I didn't have that in my life. Right. And from what I've seen around, it wasn't a thing. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm speaking for communities outside of my right. Um But being, being in the state and being exposed, education, learning, having the internet, search anything, um, I used to run track and field. It's a guy named Asafa Powell. Um, he had a good, he was a good Christian. His father passed away, so I was able to relate to him like his dad's not in his life. And I just kind of watched everything he did, learned how he ran, and I had to see I ran exactly how he ran. And then in my spiritual life, I had um, I did some studies on T.D. Jakes. Um, really inspired by how he educated himself, because mm-hmm. back when I first came, I was English was terrible. Um, really couldn't be, wasn't relatable. Wasn't good at school. But I was like, man, I really have to teach myself. Mm-hmm. And so just watching T.D. Jake's story and learning how he taught himself helped me out a lot. Um, in my stage now, when, it's, when you say mentorship, I'm basically just following Christ's principles in the scriptures. Mm. I'm just like focused on that. It's a good mentor to have right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, would say so. I just feel like you can't beat it. Uh huh. But there's guys that you know you can talk to, and have questions to ask. But I just love just focusing on Christ. I'm so amazed. Yeah. 
Yeah, now we were talking about this a little bit before, um, before we started, and Sam's currently working with youth at RAC. Is it ARC. ARC, is, that's in York. Mm -hmm. So he's working with boys from 12 to 18 that are in juvenile detention. Wow. Yeah. Um, so now he's, you know, he's been able to pour into, you know, teenage boys' lives right now, like sharing his story and being able to share Christ. And I'd love to hear a little bit about those experiences. Well, um, so right after high school, I did a John C. Maxwell 21 leadership, um, 21 loss of leadership program with my pastor. Um, and I feel like that program really changed affected me a lot in a positive way. And at first I wanted to teach it, but then my business kind of like took my hours away from me, so I had to invest my time in it. And now at the stage of my business where it's doing good, um, I'm able to, in a way, give back um, something that I didn't have, um, more so from my dad. Mm. My dad and I, by the way, have a great relationship right now. <laughs> so he doesn't awesome. watch this and say, do you bash me? Seriously. Yeah. Love you, Pops. Love you. Uh, <laughs> Thumbs up. Good to get that out there, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, ARC is an awesome program. Um, pretty much what I do there, I just build a relationship with kids. Um, try to see where they're at on their journey um, in life in general. Um, most of these kids, they tell me personal things. Um, that I'm grateful that I can be, I'm able to be there to respond to them from a physical perspective and then more so from a spiritual perspective. Because mm. um, I feel like most of the time we do so much things in earthly manners and we have questions on why there's no results. And it's like, well, you're dealing with things in a physical realm, yeah. things that happen in the spiritual realm. Well, you know, and I know Justin Watkins, our, our director of development, um, you know, he, he was, he and his wife, Jenna, were house parents at the Milton Hershey School for about two and a half years. And so they, they raised, how many? Twelve. Twelve girls. Twelve middle school girls at one time. And one of the things that he always said was, and he continues to say, is that I think 10 of the 12 did not have an active father hmm. in their life. And I don't know if that's what you see as a consistency you know, in the work that you're doing now, like, are there dads, are there men in these boys' lives, or are you that one guy, you know, that is face-to-face -face with them weekly, bi-weekly, whatever it is that you go in there, um, you know, do you see that being being a, a consistent theme throughout these these kids in this, you know, I say institution? maybe 85% of these kids, either their mom or their dad it's not in their life but it, it's deeper than that because if the question more so is how did they get here and it's because they don't have that mentorship in their life mm. um, they don't have someone to tell them um, to correct their to correct their mistakes mm. someone to guide them before they make the mistakes right I can't get personals with these kids and like, you know their, their charges but 90% of the time, they don't have a father figure in their life, and they're yearning for it, so they do things right. um, outside of that. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I think we had a little bit of a technology hiccup, but I think we're, we're up and running again here. Um, there we are.
Steve's hopping over wires over here and everything else. I would say the devil's working. <laughs> uh, <laughs> seriously. Well, very cool. I mean, Sam, I think what, what you're doing now and how, you know, I, I've often said this about folks that have a similar journey to yours is it's like, you, you should be a statistic. <laughs> you know, like, you should really be a statistic based on the um, things that you've encountered, the things that you've dealt with, the things that, um, my goodness, the decisions you have to make. And I just think it's amazing that God's favor and his wisdom and his grace just poured over you your entire life. And now you, know, you recognize that, mm. right? And you're yeah. saying, yeah, uh, I recognize mm. that. And so the only thing I can do now is to live for him, live by his principles, give back, mentor. Um, and I just think it's, it's amazing. So, um, yeah, it's just really good, good stuff. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, Sam, we appreciate you being on the show with us today, man, uh, sharing your story. Um, thanks for driving out here from York. And I know we tried to connect for the past three weeks times. to get Sam yeah. on the podcast. We had snow and yeah. scheduling yeah. issues. Problems. And, yeah. yeah, so now. The devil working again, man. Exactly. <laughs> we, we got it, though, man. So if you are watching and you are listening, uh, we will have this information probably at the beginning and the end of this podcast. But make sure you check out yeshuajewelry.com. I yep. believe that's the, mm-hmm. uh, that's yep. the website. Y-E-S-H-U-A-S, jewelry. Yeah. Yep. Check that out. We'll have that uh, on here, and uh, we want to make sure we do that. Like yeah, all, all those guys listening that need an engagement ring for the for the summer, <laughs> yeah. hit up Sam. Hit, hit up me Sam. up, man. <laughs> Sam, will, Sam will do you right. Uh, I have personal experience and a jeweler, so you don't have to worry about just a salesman. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So, yeah, um, any final thoughts, G? Yeah, man, I guess just we got a lot of things coming up and a lot of exciting things on, on the docket. We, we launched Lancaster a couple months ago and or a couple weeks ago, and now we've got heading to Medford, New Jersey this weekend for yep. our mentor and protege training down there with about 150 men. Uh, we got our fifth annual dinner coming up in Lancaster at the Eden Resort. Yeah, it's coming up fast, about a month away. Yeah, so um, tickets are still available for that. I think there's still several sponsors available. So yep. uh, if you're listening and watching and want to, help us out there it'd be awesome yeah you can go to menofiron.org and click the dinner button and give you all the info you need yeah so yeah you can check us out on itunes our podcast is um is up there you can subscribe listen leave us a five-star review love it do it <laughs> five star and if you give us five stars i don't think anyone's done it yet on itunes have they i haven't checked i don't know i haven't checked in the past week but are you going to do another giveaway? Yeah, if you do it, you get a free... I'm giving you guys a five-star view. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's doing it. This is from experience, Sam's too. doing it. <laughs> so you can also go to menoviron.org um, backslash MOI podcast. You can, and that'll take you right to the iTunes link as well. You can even watch the podcast on there. You can watch us on Facebook. Love it. And that's it. We'd love to hear your feedback, so let us know what you think. Uh, again, we thank Sam for joining us today. That's it. That's it, man. Awesome. Appreciate you guys' time. Blessings, honor, glory, and power forever. (laughs) See you guys.